I'm Bianca Westwood and welcome to the Integral Chat. This podcast will bring you interviews with a number of athletes, managers and all the big names from the world of sport. We talk about the lives and careers of our guests and the issues that matter to Integral Sports Management, an agency founded by Ray Winston and Gary Pettit to nurture our sporting talent and safeguard the future for our clients as we strive to promote our core values of integrity, trust, honesty and respect. We're asking the right questions to help bring about positive change and give you some answers. Today's guest is Kevin Stevens, aka Stevo the Madman. Welcome to the Integral Chat. Kevin Stevens, aka Stevo the Madman. Yes. Some of our older viewers might think, who, who is this guy? What what you know? What what's his job? What does he do day to day? Now I've, I was trying to think about how you would describe yourself, because you're not a YouTuber. Um, it's Snapchat is your medium. So what yeah. would you say, like a Snapchat vlogger? I I, I, I couldn't really digital tell you. storyteller. So, digital storyteller. That sounds a lot better. Yeah, exactly. I had to find it. It took me years to get there. Be like influencer, this guy, that, or whatever. Digital story. I tell. I still. I tell stories digitally. Um, usually about me, but the branches off of me and my family, my friends, whoever's around me at the time, really. But um, over the years, over the last sort of two years since the internet space has changed, um, I've changed in, in my content because where before I was the guy that come from the van. So a little um backstory. I was working in my van filming on my Snapchat and it just grew and grew and grew until it became um, my job. You know what I mean? And now there's brand deals, whatnot. But um, from going from being the normal geezer, that's what my tagline was, to sort of being in the public eye, I had to change, man. No one really wanted to see me peeing on um, Uncle Tell's jacket anymore and things like that when he annoys <laughs> me. So yeah, um, they were trying to cancel me every minute. So I've had to sort of figure out my lane again, which is that's why we've got this Snap show now where... It's still a little bit raw. It's on the edge, but um, it's not as raw as it used to be. And we can sort of control uh, the viewing now, man. But yeah, a digital yeah. storyteller. Not many people would know that you played football and that's what you did as, as a young man. You were a trainee at Lake Norian and yes. you went to uh, various clubs after that, mostly non-league. Yeah. How do you look back at your early days as a footballer? Well, my uh, it's crazy because my early days, if we talk early days, I was 16. I got into the first team at 16, which um, it was a great thing, man. It was great. I, I had no fear because I'd left QPR. And at QPR, I, I, we had such a good youth team. We'd probably, we come second in the um, Academy League, but it was only second to uh, a Nottingham Forest team with Jermaine Jenness, Andy Reid, Craig Westcott, uh, uh, Andy, Andrew Dawson, like... I, Six, six, six Forest team. So the QPR team we had was very, very good. And what happened was Jerry Francis, Chris Gieler, they ended up giving loads of money to um, the youth team and making them all pros. And by the time it got to my age, um, which we had a decent age, it was, I say, all the money was gone. So it, it affected my confidence at, at that stage because it was nothing to do with ability, it was just money. They couldn't afford to give us uh, any money. So me and a guy called Marcus Bean, who ended up having a great career, Beanie yeah. did. Um, he got offered the same contract as me. He was like, you can stay uh, and do the college and train, but we can't give you the money. And he was like, my dad 
like went through the roof. He was like, you kidding me? This guy's captain. Da, 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 da. Anyway, cut a long story short, I went to Leighton Orient. Defeated, really. And I'm um, just within the first year, I just built my confidence up and moved up the age groups and got back to how I was schoolboys when I was at England schoolboys and whatnot. And for three years of my, from 16 to sort of 19, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable playing in and at the first team. Dean Smith, um, Villa captain, uh, Villa manager, he was my skipper, Smudge. So I, I learned a lot from Smudge. Um, but yeah, in the end, the truth is be that I got ahead of myself. I thought I'd made it. The summer they told me to go and work on my game because I was going to be the first choice right back. Um, I went Iron Napper. <laughs> I went Iron Napper and it was mad. It was mad. So yeah, so my early days, it was fun and um, enjoyable. But the last sort of two years when I was going on loan to Billy Ricky and um, things like that, it was like, it was, it was horrible. And just that petered into um, my non-league and I mm. sort of took that mentality of thinking I should have been uh, even though I shouldn't have been, because it was my mentality wasn't right. If I not as an adult now, I know um, what I should have done right. I had 24 hours for when you leave training. You've got a 24 hours to practice. You know what I mean? You could stay there and stay at the club. You could say my friend Colin Kazim, he's at Derby County now, and he's got the keys to the training ground because he stays behind. So it could be done. It could be done if you really want to do it. You can be done. So I tell all the kids now, all my mistakes from then. I tell them now, but yeah, man, the early days at Leighton Orient. The first couple of years was great. Then it became a bit sour for me, man. So, unfortunately. When you talk about your mentality then, um, what what could have been different? Was it the fact that there was there was no one mentoring you there at the club or were, were your family unable to get through to you or did they not even try? What uh, my dad, I wish I listened to my dad. An early story of my mentality and what was my problem. And what's the opposite now? Now I listen. I take so much advice. I remember my dad. And you remember what I said, the reason why I left QP, I listened to this. I got offered a, con- I got offered a contract by every London team, right? Every London team. I went up to Aston Villa, I went everywhere, right? Because my best friend, and I'm still best friends with him now, um, which I, I, I hold that as like, well, at least I've made my decisions for a guy I'm still best friends with. But because he was at QPR, I went QPR. Now, my dad always said to me, go to Tottenham. It was round the corner from me. Um, I had friends there as well that went to my school and played for the county, but um, I just wanted to be with Watley, my best friend. And Tottenham ended up having the money to give 11 YTSs out because they could afford to make their mistakes, give boys a chance. QPR couldn't, you know what I mean? So again, man, like, I wish I'd listened to my dad right then, which now I listen to him, even though he chats with rubbish now. Um, <laughs> but I'm not. That, so, yeah, the mentality thing there was I always thought I was right because from 11 years old, I was the man. I was the quickest, the strongest. No one could tell me nothing. And it ain't until the, the field starts levelling out. That's when you need to start using your brain a bit more and using the tricks that you, you've learned. And I didn't. I was just still trying to think I was just, oh, I'm quick, I'm strong, I'm tough, I'm funny, whatever it was, I was always... When the truth was, that was just all the front, you know what I mean? So um, the mentality, I was weak. The manager could tell me, I had Martin Ling, um, was my manager at the time. Uh, he ended up getting them promoted and done a right lingy. Um, but if he told me I couldn't pass the ball, which I knew I could, like, I knew I could. At QPI, that was my thing. Like, the manager used to say, I wish I played that front with you. And I used to hit the front man every time into his chest, um, every time. Or I'd split it into his feet every time. I went to Leighton Orient, and it was a lot more just hit the channel. So I'm trying to find people when people are trying to hit channels. So again, mentality, if I would have known this now, 
now. I don't know, hang on, that's not my fault. It's just the way I've been taught. I need to adapt to the lower levels, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going up to a striker and I'm holding him, sending him back into the midfield when in the third division, you just got to get right up and take him out. You know what I mean? And I'm just sending him back, but there's no midfielder sweeper. So all of this, I didn't know back then. Um, and and then nobody was, told you how to adapt your game? No, nah, because unless they really care, they're not going to take you and, and tell you those things. They probably would have been telling players they cared about that um, the extras, but then again, that's when I need a mentor. I need to find someone that, like my dad was working seven days a week, bless him. You know what I mean? So plus at that time, my little brother was in hospital and he's, every other's little spare minute he had, he's at Great Ormond Street. So I can't blame no one for that, man. And again, it's only listening to podcasts now and listening to things like this that you can say, oh, okay, like, oh, that's where I went wrong or, oh, I went through that as well. So it's not a problem, but um, yeah, I know exactly what I did wrong and what I could have done right. But the truth is, I probably would have, if I'm honest with myself, as much as I said, I'd be England's right back and all of this, I probably, championship might have been my level. M might have just scraped it. And then if you think about that, I would have got to 35, I still had to have got a job or something, man. So my life's as perfect as it what is. What it's supposed to be, what it's yeah. supposed to be. England don't need another right back anyway. I know, innit? <laughs> I was like Michael Richards. That's if I could say who I played like, I was just pure power, pace, read the game. I was like Michael Richards. And I speak to Michael now and I tell him, I tell him that all the time. I'm like, man, I played like you, man. <laughs> You're about eight years old. I'm like, all right, calm down, mate. <laughs> so with the, you know, when you talk about sort of mental attitude, what do you say to kids now? And are there just some kids that you can't get through to because they do think they know it all? Yep, you get them kids, not just kids, humans. Imagine you get to like our, my age and uh, people still ain't listening. You know what I mean? Still don't want to take any advice. But young kids now, what I say to them is don't take things personal. I used to take everything personal, man. Like you give away a ball, manager says, ah, bleh. I'm like, that's me for the game. Really? I was done. Oh my God. I was so mentally weak growing up. Um, and it's weird because no one would ever have thought it. They thought no, I was so I loud and all of this. Yeah, so mentally weak growing up, man. And, but I'd say to the kids now, don't take it personal. Use all the minutes, all the hours you've got in a day to practice because the career is only like 10 years if you're lucky. 10 years to go away and say, you know what? I'm not going to go out that Friday. I'm not going to go out that... Because don't forget that our Henry... I'm sorry to drop names, because but these are my friends. and that. So Henry Lansbury, um, always remember him... He, he, Give his all for a season, and as soon as the season would end, you wouldn't see him for like he'd be gone. This country, Portugal, hey, give it like, and I'm like, but he'd get back, he'd do his, his work. And I was like, that's perfect. And that's why you're in a 1.4 million mansion. That's why you've had a 12 year career. Like, I can see the benefits of that. And I can see the friends that didn't, that just sacked it off, drunk, come back four or five pounds overweight. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, man, just focus, focus, use the time you have, man. Because as I say, you do not want to be, I say I was like 27, regretting every choice I had made. It was the worst feeling. And that's why I'm so grateful that I've been given this chance now. And I will never, ever let this go now. You know what I mean? So yeah, just be patient. Don't take things to heart. Um, and, and it's underrated, but Kante is showing that being a nice person in football, because most people are selfish in football. 
You know what I mean? They're out for themselves. Even though it's a team game, no one can tell it's not individual. You know what I mean? So Kante, being a nice person, it, it helps and it gives you the nods. Of, uh, well, who's the one now that's playing? Um, Saka. Yeah. Uh, Sancho. That's purely because he's a good kid. Around, yeah. the, around, you know what I mean? I'm not saying Jaden. Jaden's a lovely kid, a misunderstood kid. Like, you know what I mean? He's just a pure baller and he doesn't need to do anything else. So almost like Mayweather. You know what I mean? One of them ones. But unfortunately, we're in a sport where they pretend it's a team game and all of this. Um, but Saka, yeah, again, being nice with ability goes a long way as well. You know what I mean? So yeah, man, I just, I just say all these things to the youths, tell them where I went wrong. Um, so they don't go wrong. But even then you might because football still is about luck as well. People getting injured at the right time. You're not picking up an injury. So what can you do, man? Dean Holdsworth took you from Redbridge to Newport County in 2008. You had a, a bit of a, a, a weird experience, a very unpleasant experience there yeah. involving your own fans. Can yeah. you tell me about that? It's a shame. It was a shame because they were so passionate, the um, Newport fans, the Welsh fans, right? Um, and when we were playing well, it was, a, it was incredible. But what happened was Dean got the job and he brought a few players from higher. We got uh, Danny Rose straight from United to um, Newport County. So we was, and then you got me, who's literally, it was my last string. And I was just so grateful that Holdsworth took me up the levels, you know what I mean? Because I've done well at Redbridge with him. And he was, again, I was just a good guy to him and we're still pals now, you know what I mean? But um, so once we had all that money that was getting spent, for the likes of the, well, not me, by the way, the likes of the Roses and these other people, um, the crowd started getting the ump and it all come to, I think, fruition when we played against um, Bath City. They had uh, Stuart Douglas up top and he absolutely run me ragged. He run me ragged. I give him a penalty, he scored a hat-trick, yeah? Um, but in the midst of that, because he's doing so well and we're doing so bad, they were all shouting abuse to him, man. And I'd heard it before in previous games, but to add on to the, my bad game and their other number nine giving me elbows all game. Um, so this is racial ab abuse. Let's make racial, that Racial abuse, singing Bob Marley's and all of this and monkey noises and all of this, right? Um, and it's not all the fans, not all the fans. Most of the fans love me, called me Rhino and I battled for them and they sang my name, you know what I mean? But as always in football, small proportion, but... The thing what made it worse is that at the time, um, as I say, it wasn't going too well. And I thought Dean was leaving to go to a, a different club. And I thought I was going to go with him. So it was almost like I said, instead of trying to rectify it, speak to the fans and sort it out, I said, you know what, forget it. So it just got left without actually dealing with it. Because I thought I was going. I didn't end up going. Dean ended up staying and winning the league. <laughs> Cheers, Dean. Um, yeah, whatever it happens, isn't it? But uh, yeah, now I look back on that and it's, it's a shame because... I loved Newport County. I, lo I loved, I loved passionate football fans. But as always, like you see with the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that, what's been going on, there's always idiots that will spoil it. You know what I mean? So that was what it was. A few idiots um, spoiled it for me at Newport County. But um, I still loved the club. Still loved the people, the chairman. Like honestly, that it was a good, good club, man. I'm happy that they're doing well now. To be fair to them. I see. This is 10, 10 years ago, maybe a bit, yeah, a bit more longer, than that. Probably longer, yeah. That, maybe 15 so we're still having these issues today yeah. now a lot of people will say oh it's not as bad as it used to be but usually they're, they're those kinds of people who don't have to deal with it yeah. day to day they don't see it because it doesn't happen to them yeah. now 
what would you say to that? Because is it still as bad? Has the situation improved? Is it something that your kids have to deal with? Or is it is it is the world a better place, as it were? Right. So here's my thing. <laughs> I would be lying if I said it hadn't improved. I'm not one of them uh, people that says, oh, it's still... It's definitely improved, B, because I used to walk down the road and get thrown uh, stones thrown at me in Enfield in the 90s. That was when it was bad and uh, they didn't care what they said and, and the people around them didn't care. What we have now is you will get called out. If you're racist, you get called out, right? So what it's done is let's made the racist hide. They're still there. They're still there. And then every now and then they will pop out. So it's 100% better, but it's still there. So even a little bit of racism is more than enough. That's the problem we have. So yeah, it's not as bad, but a little bit is still more than enough. You know what I mean? So, and then you have the thing with the um, uh, going on your knees and all these things that we do. And it's like, if we really wanted to make change in, in, in meaning your way for FIFA and all of this, when fans do do what they do when we go away with the England team and organizations are as racist as they are, you would put bigger, bigger fines or I'd kick them out of football, like literally make a, a point that no other club or no other fan would even think of, of doing it. But the whole booing of the knees and that, people have their own opinion, like deeper, I know deeper, the Black Lives Matter movement, what's been going on, the organisation, um, where money's been going and things like that. So if people are booing at the organisation, I'm not mad at that. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're booing at a player that wants to like make racism more known and well, then that's bad, you know what I mean? But the actual organisation, maybe we've got to come away from the organisation and just say we're fighting racism, you know what I mean? It has improved, but as I say, these people that used to be out like, shouting names, I almost think that they've gone behind the scenes and they're plotting in the system more than just being blatantly racist, you know what I mean? So um, there's still that to deal with, you know what I mean? Still uh, the fact that Raheem can buy his mama house and Foden can buy his mama house and it's two different headlines, you know what I mean? Them sort of things is, 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 is the issue. But as far as walking down the road and someone saying you're this, that's stopped because you know that the world ain't having that no more. The world used to have it in the 90s, early two. We're not having it no more as a world, which is better, you know what I mean? A lot better. So yeah, it's improved, but there's still so much improvement to be, to, to be done, you know what I mean? <laughs> What are you thinking for dinner today, guys? Oh, Jesus, that frigging thing. Every time I walk past that thing, it keeps making me jump. I know. Why did he even get it? I told him that weren't even going up on the wall. It's cringe. So let's delve into your digital content creator life, viral sensation oftentimes, which has taken you to a whole new level. Mm. Um, I mean, you've been on Come Die With Me, Coach Trip, uh, you've been on Big Nasty's show, you, you know, presenting for JD Sports, all sorts of different avenues it's opened up for you. And it literally just started you in a van yeah. chatting, yeah. chatting away. Rubbish. Yeah, chatting rubbish. Call <laughs> it what it is, honestly. Like chatting shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we can swear a bit, all right? Yeah, chatting loads of shit. But um, I'm grateful, man. Like, it's, it's a life change for me. And um, I remember when I worked with you, man, I... I, I I say I grew up, that's, that's wrong. I didn't grow up watching you, but I watched you from I'm the not van. Oh, no, 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 it's not, it's not growing <laughs> up, but you know what I mean? For years I watched you, man, and watched you be a pioneer of what you're doing. You see all women now on, on the TV, they're talking and everything, but 
I remember when you first started, I remember the abuse you used to get and whatnot and still do, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? All the women do. But um, I remember that. And so when I got to work with you, I'm like, now this life's changing now, man. Like, and then the West Ham player. So for me, every job I still get, I'm still like, this is mental. That person, I, I, I done a job last week with Shane Richie. Wow. Bruv, imagine. Mm-hmm. Definitely growing up watching him, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I slap myself every day and just like, Thank the heavens. Thank my Spartans, my, my, my supporters, man, because for the first couple of years when I wasn't getting paid, remember this industry that I'm in now wasn't there before. You couldn't, like, I'm doing a, a, a campaign for Disney at the moment, Loki. Like, that wasn't even possible before. It wasn't, it wasn't possible. Streaming sites wasn't even there for it to be possible, you know what I mean? So um, every day I'm, I'm, I'm so happy because... Just like yourself, I believe that I was a bit of an innovator in, in, in this uh, IG, not the YouTube world, but the IG, the Snapchat world, um, finding avenues to uh, earn money from it. I believe that I was a bit of an innovator. And usually when you're an innovator, you usually don't get to have a piece of the pie. So mm-hmm. again, I'm just so happy that I'm still clawing in with these young kids and, and, and still making people happy. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing, but still loads more to do, man, because my whole plan was to get a TV show and we kind of landed that. We got the pilot with the BBC and I dipped my toe into that world. And it's like, what the hell, man? Why am I going to come over here and do 16 hours uh, and get nothing pretty much? Like when I can come over here, put that same 16 hours into the internet and it's much yeah. more beneficial. You know what I mean? I know in the long run, the TV game and there's money there and on the back end and all of this, but um, that would mean me maybe pimping out my family a bit more. Already they were talking about, oh, don't worry, you don't get money, but you get a campaign of okay. And this, I don't want to be on there, man. That's what to be a normal geezer, bro. Like, if yeah. we, we film ourselves being us and, you know what I mean? So um, there's still decisions to be made, but I'm, I'm buzzing, I'm buzzing. And I'm, happy, I'm happy as you can hear, man. I'm, it's a great life for me and the family. And uh, I'm, just, I'm grateful, man. Mm. It's yeah. difficult as well for, I mean, you weren't just lucky because you obviously have a talent for what you do and you are funny. It's brilliant, your Snapchats, but... A lot of lower league footballers, when they leave the game, there is nothing for them. They're not prepared for it. Yeah. I mean, be- between there and where you are now, there must have been some kind of wilderness years. It was <laughs> mad. I, was I don't know if that affected you mentally because massive. You, the, the clubs don't often worry about what happens once you're done. I rang Leighton Orient or whatever tweet or what I did but I wanted to get my debut video there was one day I was so sad and I just wanted to watch my debut and um I messaged messaged them and they just ignored me ignored me and then a few years later I've obviously got million followers whatever and all of a sudden I'm a Leighton Orient legend (laughs) they want me to play in their games and push their you know what I mean so but understanding that that's the world and you're not shit until you're shit um it, it helps you know what i mean the layer cake i watch the layer cake and i listen to that you take some shit you climb up the ladder you take more shit you climb up take a little bit more shit until you're so far up the ladder you don't even know what shit looks like you know what i mean so <laughs> i am here trust me but i'm still on the ladder i'm still taking shit man and i'm okay with it because i understand there's levels you know what i mean so um yeah man the the the, the, the wilderness years after football don't forget after football i done music and i thought i was gonna make it as a producer and it all, uh, I, I did, so to speak, I produced for Skepta, I produced Big Nasty's albums. I was on I, uh, Channel 4 MTV, but there was no money in it at the time. It was grime. There was no money at all. Um, so yeah, then after that, 
when that was done and I, it was like, you know what, okay, uh, what now, man? I think even after the music's when I went to Redbridge and, and gave it my all, got fit, uh, played under Dean, and that was it. And then went to Newport, left Newport, went to Borenwood, found Ian Allenson, who's godsend, lovely Ian, he's at St Albans now. Um, and he just let me be me and... He knew about what I was doing on the side. Uh, he, he used to use that so I controlled the dressing room. Trust me, he said, Kev, can I have a word of him? And I, like, I was on my militant thing right then. But then snapped my cruciate ligament. Um, and then that was it. And then that's when the wilderness years came. And as I say, that's when I made the call to Orient to get my video just to, just to see. And But from that, being in my room on my own, because I used to, so you close the door and you go into my room and I was a snap star. The world and everyone loved me and I couldn't do no wrong. You go back out the room, Emma's telling me, take bins out, you're gonna get yourself a job. Like, oh, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was too yeah. contrasting and I just remember just like, Yeah, it was just Kev and then, but in this room I was superstar until a couple of years, it's like, okay, how long can you be the superstar? You saw you gotta get money from this and then you start worrying and then Emma's telling you like, what is what is it? What's because we didn't know what it was at the time, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. them years there was tough, but we stuck at it and um yeah man, I didn't look back. But yeah, I definitely can I said to myself, like the reasons why football never made it was because of me. And once I had admitted that and, and owned it, um it was pretty easy. People say to me now, do you miss football? Not one bit. Because when I played it, um I didn't enjoy watching it. I didn't enjoy it. I weren't a fan, you know what I mean? So now the more and more I get away from playing, the more and more of a fan. And I'm like one of them dickheads on Twitter now that's winding everyone up, chatting shit. Like I've become that person. So and I love it. I love it. So yeah, now, nah, but the wilderness time B were horrible, horrible. Yeah. I just felt worthless. Like, and, and I wasn't, it wasn't, it was just that's someone's cool. opinion from like, we could have two footballers in. One person could be saying he's not good. Mm. Like, and that's what it is. And when you get older and you understand that, you think, hang on, if I just would have gone to another club and another club and just didn't give up, someone would have liked me because I was a decent baller, you know what I mean? So yeah, I told kids that as well. Just like, again, it's just because that person doesn't like you. And I always say that, I'll put the comparison like with a footballer that, for instance, Henderson, like, some people would tell you he's rubbish. Yeah. Some people would tell you he's unbelievable. No. Who's right and who's wrong? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's that. And once I found out that, um, as I say, that it wasn't, it was me in my head. And, and um, it was, after that, it was easy to be honest with you. Because I'm just always yeah. honest with myself now. And even to a point where it's like, all right, you've done rubbish. So you're probably not going to get a call back from them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it is what it is. Speaking about what comes with what you do and what I do, obviously, is the trolling mm. uh, and, so, and the, the abuse that you've spoken about. And you've teamed up with UPay yes. um, to help create a safer space, which is so important for everybody, not just for people in the public. Everyone, mate. Everyone. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what, what's behind all that? So UPay is an app that is Tuesdays, well, there's many benefits from it that, that benefit me and benefit everyone but the two benefits that I took from it or I take from it one is the the the, the accountability that trolls will have because you can still get trolled someone can still call you a name on it but then we know exactly who you are because uh you have to use your identity you know what I mean it's, it's authenticated and it's done through a, a an app or a thing called um Yachty 
which a lot of businesses, a lot of uh, um, things use. And we don't get to see your identity, by the way, um, but it's there. And if it, the police need to see it or authorities, it can be held. So that's one side of it. Main focus is safe haven for the kids, um, for all humans, really. And for content creators to get what they deserve. If you're a plumber and you've got 500 followers, but you want to say up that people can donate for you to sh- when you're showing them how to bleed a radiator, you know what I mean? The people can donate. You don't need to get a thousand or have a million. That's, I don't know, the 500 people watching you could all put 50p in and you make yourself 200 quid. Just yeah. like that. I mean, I mean, I've had friends on there making like only 130 quid a month, but there's only 3,000 people on their bloody yeah, the app, you know what I mean? So, and that's just from people liking, saying, you know what, that's a good bit of content. Let me, let me donate, you know what I mean? So you, yeah, it's just a, it's an app that whoever, if you're smart, you can uh, use it to, 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 to gain, man. You don't have to have millions of followers or have a blue tick. It's just done by the quality of, of you, whether it be, as I say, you're a nice human or wicked content. And just finally, West Ham. Mm. West Ham United. <laughs> Good season last year, man. Good yeah, season. it's got to be said. I just yeah, hope man. that we can continue that on because it's going to be tough with having, you know, European games and stuff. I hope we, we can cope with that. I hope we get this the squad. That, that's the only thing that worries me. I didn't want to go um, into the Champions League, you know. It would have looked, again, just, just like on Instagram and all these things, like, it would have looked great. Yo, we're, we're in the Champions League. But the truth is, We'd have to spend more money. We'd have to bring players and higher wages. Those higher wages would affect the people that ain't on the good wages. You might get an Antonio saying he wants more. Like, like it would have done more damage than good. But where we finish now, let's see if we can cope with extra European games. Bring in a couple more players with higher wage. Not too high. You know what I mean? Because it's probably going to be around the same similar players that we brought in, like the Bowdens, that sort of wage, I'd like to think. Um, but yeah, man, I... Where further can we go? I, I, I'll be happy again with a, a seven, six finish. If we can consistently finish there, yeah, man, and just say that, okay, this is what we are, nick a couple of points off the bigger clubs, I'll be more, more than happy. And then say, you know what, okay, now we've shown that this is us, let's go for it and, and go forward. But to go straight away, I've been there before a couple of years ago with Slav, remember? We, we was here. Next year, we're battling the relegation, so... It's long, it's long, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with how we're doing and happy with Declan, happy with um, the players that we've got, Suchek, uh, Kufal. Oh, mate, I want to get some more of them checks, the number 10 check. Bring the whole check team to West Ham. I don't mind that. I'm happy to do that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah all good though, man. But um, I can't wait for the stadium to be open, man. And we go down there and catch a game up proper. No restrictions. I don't know when that's going to happen, but I'm looking forward to that. It will be nice. It will be nice. Well, Kev, thank you so much for talking to us on the Integral Chat. It's been absolutely brilliant. I've loved yeah. every every minute of it. Thank you. Big up. Big up you as well, man. Be honestly, pioneer. Just an absolute G. What you see is what you get. Honestly, man. Um, happy to have met you, mate. Happy to have met you. And people don't probably know you come and you support me at my restaurant. And you're just a G all around, man. So I wish you the best with this and, and everything, mate. And, and with the build of the house as well. Thank you. No worries, man.